0: You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Our guest today is Lori Costu, Chief Diversity Officer and People Strategy at Ford Motor Company. In this role, Lori oversees the company's corporate diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts to cultivate a culture of belonging and advance the organization's mission and business objectives. She's been with Ford for nearly three decades and has leveraged her expertise in various positions. In addition to her leadership role, Lori is also an accomplished author of two award-winning novels that provide inspiration and tools against bullying. In this episode of Scaling Culture, Ron and Lori discuss Ford's intentional focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, strategies on how to develop deep listening amongst leaders, a diversity and inclusion audit, and why, what, and how behind days of understanding at Ford. This was a really unique approach we hope will inspire listeners.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Scaling Culture podcast. I'm your host Ron Lovett, and today I'm extremely excited to have Lori Costu with us today, who's the Chief Diversity Officer with Ford Motor Company. Uh, Lori, welcome.
2: Well, thank you. I am super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, us too. I was. I know we we chatted a little while ago in kind of the pre-podcast, and when we started to talk about the topics, I was. I I, I will tell you, I was surprised and enlightened to know what we were going to discuss, because I didn't know um, that Ford was progressive on some of the items we're going to discuss today. So, so I'm really pumped about this episode.
2: Well, it, uh, it's, it's definitely, Ron, uh, it's absolutely critical to, to society, to communities, to our world, to our businesses. So uh, thank you for allowing this platform to talk about this really, really important topic.
1: And it's great because nobody knows the topic. Everyone's like, "What are they talking about?" And they're really excited now. Everyone's like, "Okay, don't move. Let's let's hear it." <laughs> and that's the end of the show. No, uh, but before we go into the topic, Lori, I want you to rewind. Tell us, um, tell us how long you've been in this role. Uh, first off,
2: so I've uh, I've been with Ford for twenty eight years. I, I hired in at age twelve, and that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, have been in this role for about two, and it, it really, it, it's evolved significantly. Um, you know, d- diversity, equity, and inclusion has always been important in court to Ford, but since the murder of George Floyd and the social uh, injustice that has really come to the forefront into the conversations, um, there's been a lot more uh, focus and necessary focus on this topic, and, uh, you know, our leadership team is entirely committed and we are all in on, on making it better for our employees, our customers, um, and just people in general.
1: So I want to play that back. It sounds like it was on the radar for Ford for Motor Company, you know, diversity, inclusion, equality. Um, but, but now is, is really been a focus point. And, and it sounds like you guys have moved fast to that because these, these, these things that you just talked about have happened in the last, you know, 24 months or, or less in some cases.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And what people don't understand at, at times is that the, the terms are very different, but they're very important. So if you think of diversity, that's all about the different experiences, backgrounds, and thinking styles that people have. Inclusion is where people feel welcomed, valued, and supported. And equity is about providing that equal and fair playing field. And the equity concept is new for a lot. So we actually have a really uh, simple graphic that we use to describe what equity is. And if you think at the top, there's a at the top of the graphic, you see four of the exact same size bicycles. And you see a handicapped woman, a very tall guy, an average uh, height woman, woman, and a child. Well, of those bikes, the only bike that fits is for the woman. Right. But when you look at the bottom of the graph with equity, giving people what they need, it's a, a bicycle equipped for a handicapped person. It's a tall bike for the tall male, and it's a child sized bike for the, for the child. So you're still giving everyone a bike but you're giving them the bike that suits their needs. So that's what equity is. And that's so- interesting.
1: Oh, sorry, keep yeah. going.
2: No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, cause most
1: companies, I feel, and I, and, and I probably would be one of these, it looks like you've broken diversity and equity out where most have put those together, or am I wrong?
2: We have, and you have to look at them differently and because if you if you when you look at diversity equity inclusion what the center of that is belonging that's the intersection and that's ultimately what every organization needs is for everyone to belong because if you have a diverse company and you got lots of different people but you're not listening to them and having them feel valued and included they're not going to stay so they're all, all critical to that sense of belonging.
1: Right. So you're saying that all of these things, if you get them right, kind of waterfall into belonging.
2: Absolutely. And you know, belonging is such a fundamental human need. So go back to seventh grade. You're standing at the cafeteria door and you're anxiously looking around for that open seat at a lunchroom table with kids you know. And remember the pit in your stomach when you couldn't find an empty seat. So that, that feeling of, of fear and desire to connect, that is such a basic need. Everyone needs to feel like they belong when they're coming to work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But to clarify, my seventh grade experience was more in the principal's office saying, please choose any other school but here to go to because you are disrupt- <laughs> very disruptive. <laughs> no, I, I look, I get that point. So, but you you use the word North Star. Tell me more about that because it sounds like that's important for the organization as become, is this a new or old North Star?
2: So it's actually a, a, a new North Star for us as we've really been peeling back. And when we look at the our, our Ford DEI North Star, it's we are family, we celebrate our differences, we all belong. And this is where you know Ford Motor Company is a, a 118 year old, but still family owned company. We lean into that family element. And it's interesting when I started with the company um, people would say, oh, you work at Ford's as in the plural. And it, it took me a while. No, I work at Ford, duh. But it it took me a while to realize, no, they're talking about that family company. You you work for the family. And so oh, that wow. you really lean into that. And, and to this day, we're 190,000 people who belong as part of a family. And so wow. we, we leverage that strength into our North Star.
1: And and I know deep listening, you you brought this up in our in our pre-call and and this is important to the organization. Tell us what do you mean by, can you, can you describe what does deep listening mean? And then let's talk about how it applies um, a role at, uh, at Ford Motor Company.
2: So there's, you know, there's a lot of, of components to, to the deep listening piece. And um, this isn't just the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm listening to you. No, uh, when you, when you listen deeply, you can do it. A corporation multiple levels. You can listen to it through your data, being your pulse surveys, your engagement surveys, how are people feeling, uh, but we also do it in terms of uh, focus groups and listening sessions. So uh, we're part of a, an organization called the CEO Action Pledge for Diversity and Inclusion, which is, encompasses about 2,000 companies across 85 industries and is one of the requirements for being part of the CEO Action Plus is you hold this day of understanding because we know that our view of the world is shaped by our own experiences and everyone has different experiences. So we wanted to really listen and understand those experiences. So last year, right before we shut down with COVID, we held a physical day of understanding and we started with listening sessions where we put our senior leaders, the CEO and, and, and the direct reports to the CEO in a room with homogenous groups of employees, whether it be women, women of color, uh, African-Americans, Hispanics, uh, people young in tenure, people of faith, LGBTQ. And we told the leader to not talk, to not problem solve, but to be there to listen and learn. And the insights that came out of these sessions of Uh, What is it like for me to be a woman at Ford? What is it like for me to be an African-American working here? Across all those different sessions. And that really, it it, it created, I'll I'll call it, almost like a movement for us in that the surprise that the experience that some of our employees have were not okay. We didn't want people feeling this way. we just last week had our second day of understanding and uh, we broadened the listening sessions to our entire corporate officer population virtually. And uh, again, the, the insights um, are tremendous. And the beautiful thing with the listening sessions is we know change doesn't happen intellectually, change happens emotionally. And so by hearing the, the true stories and how people are feeling, That's what really makes those connections to understand we need to take a pause and really think about what we're doing and how our employees are feeling.
1: I love that. You know, my first comment is it's so nice to hear a, uh, you know, a business that's been around for, what was it, 150 years?
2: 118.
1: 118 years go through something so progressive I I, I I it's so nice to hear a company like this is miles ahead of some startups that are fast moving and and progressive i just think that's that's lovely it's really nice to hear that and so proud proud of uh, ford motors company and i think i'm going to go buy an f-150 today just for that
2: well i uh, will i will help you do that
1: thank you I love that uh but the 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 other thing that I was going to ask you, but you answered the question very quickly. And I find this interesting because when you said that we were heading into these the, the the day of understanding with our leaders, I was going to ask you, did you have to train your leaders for that? But you hacked the system. And when I say that, you told your leaders, you can't speak today.
2: <laughs> You're right. And and you know, that's a little unusual for leaders because a leader's job is to solve issues, come in get a perspective and solve the problems. And so we had to create uh, guidelines and you know, this, it, which in those guidelines really were the success factors. So number one, create a psychologically safe space. We wanted people to know it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to show emotion. And we really want you to be brave and share how you're feeling because we can't make change if, we, if what we don't know. The second one was, you know around the leaders themselves saying, you need to sit and listen. You can take notes. You can ask clarifying questions, but that's all we want you to do. And then uh, a real success factor was having a host in the room. So we, we trained the hosts to be able to kick off the meeting, tee up questions, make sure no one dominated the conversations, check the leaders when they were falling back into their habits of trying to problem solve. Um, and then afterwards, we we collected the themes. No no. Uh, specific person data, but collected the themes of what did they hear across these various sessions so we know what we need to start addressing and how we can best help.
1: Wow. And and a few questions, were the um, facilitators, were they Ford employees or third party?
2: Ford employees.
1: Wow, that's great. So it was really this inclusive kind of exercise. And I love what you said, and I think you're spot on that change doesn't James come, comes from emotion, right? And because the, a surface level version of this would be, "Hey, everybody, we want you to understand that there's different perspectives, and you may be holding biases, but some people grew up differently, and and their lives are impacted differently from social injustice, and et cetera, et cetera." But there's no emotion there. You, you went further. You you brought two, not two sides. You two two. Uh, groups of individuals, leaders and um, other individuals and that could share their own stories. The leaders had to listen. And I'm sure those stories were emotional and would have impacted and helped from a compassion, empathy standpoint, the leaders to truly understand and then drive change.
2: Absolutely. And if you look at neuroscience, you know there's been a ton of research in the last decade, last five years, even on, on neuroscience. And it shows that the brain processes rejection and inclusion in the same space in the brain that it processes physical pain. So this lack of belonging it actually impacts the body in a, the same physical manner. So when we're lack of belonging literally puts people in pain, and when you're in pain, you're not operating at your best level, and ultimately it's going to impact your business results. So. Not only belong is belonging right from a just a humanity perspective. It's it's how you have to do business if you want to be effective and grow your company.
1: I uh, I think that's well said. So tell keep going. I'm curious where does this go now? So so you take the information you're looking for themes. Now what?
2: So we you know we we continue to do that and. Um, shortly after the murder of George Floyd last year, as we had, we had already kicked off these listening sessions, um, you know, getting more in tune with our employee resource groups and, and talking with employees, um, when, when George Floyd happened, we really broadened listening sessions out of this particular context and asked all of our leaders to meet with their teams because we had a lot of people in pain and, and wanted to help with that. And coming out of that, we realized, you know, we, we've got, you know, we've got groups of employees that that really don't feel they belong, and we need to get more understanding and background around it. So we launched a pretty progressive uh, DEI audit. Uh, we started in the U.S. and and since we've rolled it out globally, where we've looked at qualitative data, meaning our policies, procedures. Um, Quantitative data around uh, representation, um, engagement, and then we also did a deep employee voice of focus groups, um, looking at you know deep diving into our pulse, doing different types of very specific surveys, and uh, some deep ethnographic data and something we called a diary study, and really trying to understand where are those unique barriers that women. African-Americans, Hispanics and and others are having these unique barriers impacting their employee journey. So if you think of the employee journey being all the way from recruiting and through exit, where are they having a different experience that's not positive? And that audit really helped us drill down into where are those unique barriers? And um, if you've ever heard of human-centered design, where It's you literally put the human right in the middle of whatever you're trying to design to make sure that you're not optimizing for anything except that experience. And we're developing prototypes. And being that the audit showed us that our African-American and Hispanic employees uh, were were suffering the the most barriers along that employee journey. um, We're developing prototypes to, uh, to, to address these systems and processes and then once we get the prototypes right, we're going to scale for everyone's benefit. So at the end, we're really going to have incredibly robust systems processes that ensure uh, everyone has a, a, a that opportunity to really thrive in their career at Ford.
1: I'm shocked when you said prototype only because, and and I I apologize for this, but I always think of large companies as when they make decisions, they move and. I am so impressed with the nimbleness and the strategy behind this because I was, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, <clears throat> okay, fine. You have the information. How do you execute on this? It's got to be such a complex beast because of, of the sheer size and complexity of the company. And you answered that beautifully. I mean, it's, hey, we're going to prototype this, get it right. We're, we know it's not going to be perfect. We're going to adjust, adjust. Boom, we've nailed it. Now we're going, Right
2: exactly and and that's you know we're we're, we're doing that now with our products services experiences you know you think of just the technology now that's in vehicles you know we so we're really applying that same methodology that we're using on the business side to our employee experience
1: 100% you're treating them like customers you would do that mm-hmm. with customers with vehicle. I love that i mean most businesses don't treat employees like customers, just customers like customers. I mean, so it's just a great strategy. So can, can you, Lori? can you tell us about some of the challenges? What were some of the roadblocks as you went through? There had to be a bunch.
2: Oh, you know, there's, there's a lot. And we're still, we're still in them. Um, we're still learning through them. We're still breaking through them. Uh, you know, just things even simple like, you know, technology, what, what technology solutions do we have to, to make it easier to understand the skills and experiences our employees have? Um, bias, you know, if you have a brain, you have bias. So, and how might we uh, raise that awareness? And so, um, We've been doing a lot of education in the, the DEI space, including with our day of understanding, we had 12 hours of programming, all of which were recorded. Uh, we had external and internal speakers talking about everything from you know, the hidden bias of good people to how, do, how and what is an ally and how do you really serve as an ally to others, um, educating on intersectionality, and, and that's a new term for a lot of people. So you know what, what, what does that, that
1: mean? Sorry, Laura, can you explain that term? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Intersectionality.
2: Um, it, it's basically we're not one homogenous thing. You're not just a male. You're a male, and you're a dad, and you might be uh, from a certain demographic background, and but all those different things make up you. So you know, you look at you know w- within our um, our globe. Uh, employee resource groups, which is our, our LGBTQ group. They'll say, well, yes, I'm a, I'm a man, but I'm also black and I'm also gay. So it's that intersection of all these different components is what makes me, me. So it's really understanding and embracing that we're all not just one homogenous thing. As a woman, I can't speak for all women across the globe, but I have my own perspective. So it's the, it's the education of these different concepts and, um, it, it, it's really been, it, it's been enlightening. And we've had people go back and uh, really try to understand what does it mean? And, and we, uh, uh, one of my, my uh, team members, she and I did a fireside chat as we kicked off the Day of Understanding, level setting even on terms. What do all these terms mean that people are gonna be hearing about? And just because we're in, we, we may have something, we may be in a system that, that we call systemic racism, um, that doesn't mean we're all racist within the system. So it's really trying to help people understand and, and bring them on the journey because this is new for a lot of people while a lot of others have been living this their entire lives.
1: So, so a ton of education in this process.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we're, I'm still learning every single day.
1: Well, I was going to ask that. So, so Lori, for you as chief diversity officer, what was your biggest aha moment? Well, and maybe you've mentioned this already, but what what was the biggest, wow, I didn't know this, or this is such an eye-opening thing as I'm going through this journey for yourself?
2: Uh, where, where to start? Um, <laughs> I think one of them was when when we really started hearing about the term white privilege. And and I, expl- I, just, I actually explained this in the, the fireside chat that we had was, you know, I grew up um, with a single mom with four kids who was a nurse and she worked all the time. And you know, we were in a pretty so- low socioeconomic bracket. Um, so I never really considered myself privileged. You know, I started babysitting at 11 and working at McDonald's at 16. And, you know, I've been working, you know, ever since I was 11, never thought I was privileged. But what I didn't recognize is me being white, that just opened a lot of doors. Um, so I've, you know, I've never been pulled over for driving while black and because I'm able-bodied and I'm right-handed, I don't have trouble navigating the world. And, um, because I'm straight and, and because I'm Christian, I haven't been subjected to derogatory comments over time. Um, but because I am a woman in a heavily dominated industry, I've had to force open doors at times. So whereas those other areas, my privilege helped me in ways that I didn't recognize before. Um, I also recognize where, uh, I haven't had the privilege of being male in a dominate, dominated male dominated industry. And that's where I had to push more. So there's just, uh, I think, uh, we're all on this incredible learning journey together. And for me, the the whole concept of privilege is something that was just a huge aha moment.
1: Wow. Look, I just learned, uh, I was thinking as you were talking, I just learned a lot as you were going through that. And I, I would agree, I'd be in a similar uh, position to you in my own childhood. So that's very interesting. Wow. You know, it's interesting. I I I look at Ford now as a company, I feel like you guys could spin off this as a business. Uh, and it, you, you just are really tackling this with intention.
2: You know that's such a beautiful word. And you're, you're exactly right. If, you, if we're not intentional about this work, um, it, it will fall by the wayside. If we're not intentional with the words we use, we can offend people unintentionally. And so uh, I think you, you nailed it. Intention is so important.
1: Uh, so, so Lori, what do you think, let's just, you know, you, you Ford's doing a beautiful job, uh, you know, uh, with you leading the charge. So congratulations. I just think it's beautiful as being part of this process. It must, you must be very proud. Um, but what do you think is the next big mountain? You know, this one's not going away. It's going to take a long time, but if you look ahead, um, what do, you, what do you think the next big topic is going to be?
2: I think this one where we're gonna be in, the, this whole uh, having this aspiration for everyone to belong, that's gonna take time because even if we get it right within Ford, we're still, we're still operating within a world where uh, systemic racism exists, sexism exists, all the isms that are, that are, not, <laughs> that are not good. And so is it just mem as a member of the world and member of society, I think we all need to keep our eyes open to this and and really and and step in and be allies and, and serve each other in ways so it 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 can't stop at the at the door of the company. We have to keep our eye on this and we have to do the right thing, even when it's hard.
1: So so yeah, I think what you're saying is there's going to be more complexity within this bubble, like within this topic, you know, under this. And so, so these new things are going to pop up that we didn't know lived within there. Now we're going to have to deal with that as well. Correct.
2: Absolutely. And if you look at even Gen Z um, the expectations of Gen Z are overall that they will, they want to work for companies that they believe in the purpose that are inclusive. And so, um, I'll give you an example that, of the equity piece that's so important to that generation. So, and that generation is so important in the war for talent. And, you know, back, you know, when I hired in, um, no one ever talked about their salary. It was like a taboo thing. Well, now we find that a lot of our Gen Z employees are regularly sharing salary. And it's not because they're nosy. It's because they want to make sure people are being treated fairly and equitably. And so companies that do not embrace this that do not lean into it, um, they're going to find themselves hard pressed to get great talent. They might get people to come in, but as soon as the as soon as Gen Z sees that, if if it's truly not the purpose they believe in, and they don't see and feel uh, they and their colleagues are embraced and valued and listened to and heard, they will leave. So it's it's truly a business imperative. So so.
1: I'm curious. You know, I know it's it's fairly fresh. I'll call it this this new intentional focus, which I'm blown away by how Ford is going about this again. But are you seeing any impacts, results since this has been going on? What are you seeing in the business?
2: You know, it's really interesting. Um, we're seeing conversations that have never happened before. We're seeing that um, you know, because clearly, as a as a company, we need to design. Uh, products, services, and experiences that customers of every gender and background are going to want to purchase, and we to do that, you have to have that those experiences that you have to have people that understand that designing those products, services, and experiences. So, you know, one of the things that uh, I'd say in the last you know six months that we've really leaned heavily into is our employee resource groups and leveraging their knowledge of their background and their groups and their passion for the industry and getting them much more heavily involved in solving those business problems when it comes to 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 marketing, to design and, and ensuring that the voice is is in the is in that design. So are we designing our and marketing and selling our products in a way that are appealing to different audiences? So that's one area that you tie it directly to business impact.
1: Wow. And, and I'm curious, you know, because again, I, I, I label large company with heavy policy, right or wrong. I just, it's in my head and I'm not saying 40 is that company, but, but I certainly, I think people would, would think about large companies like that. I'm curious, did you have to change any policy? So for instance, you know, if we're driving diversity and inclusivity and safety, maybe the company had a policy that says no talking politics at work. Now we have to remove that. Was there any big shifts like that?
2: Yeah, you know, so um, we're working on that all the time. And that's part of our prototypes, because if you if we don't shift and change our, our policies and our practices and our procedures, then it's like wish management right? If you you don't don't build in, (laughs) you're never going to make change if if you don't build it in. And so that's the things we're working on down to our, our policy language and and language matters. And so we're looking at all of our policies for what, what could be unintended consequences and impact on people, um, opening up and, and making it safe to share how, how people, uh, Feel at work. So we're, we're in the midst of that right now. And, and looking at everything uh, as, we, as we unpack and uncover all these unique barriers along the employee journey, what does that mean from a recruiting perspective? So uh, an example there is we're launching um, for all hiring managers, inclusive um, hiring training. So if you're going to hire people uh, externally or even internally, going to have to go through this to really understand what does it mean to be an inclusive leader and ensure that you're checking your own biases because everyone has a bias. I mean, if you're, if you have a brain, you have a bias because that's how we, that's how we've grown up. Um, But you need to be able to check that. So we're really trying to put what I'll call those kind of circuit breakers in to make people stop, take that pause and ensure that they're really doing the right thing.
1: I love that. Uh, Lori. I have so enjoyed this conversation, but before we let you run, is there anything that, that you also feel that's maybe impactful or interesting that we haven't talked about that is going on at, at Ford or maybe outside of Ford?
2: Um, I guess the, you know, having been at Ford for so long and, and some of the pride points I have as a company is we're really looking at this in a very holistic manner. And so if I look at it from an entire business perspective, um, you know, we're, we're right out front when it comes to human rights. We, uh, from a sustainability perspective, it's kind of a pride point for all of us that Bill Ford was green before it was cool to be green. And, you know, we're, we're leaning in. So, you know, DEI is, is part of a larger ecosystem um, because, you know, Ford's aspiration is, is to be the world's most trusted company. And Ooh, to, I love to, that. to be, if you want to be the world's most trusted company, you have, to, you have to be holistic in your approach and how you do that, whether it's the environment, how you're treating people, how you're treating customers. Um, so it's a, it's a really high technology, yet a high touch environment.
1: What, what, a, what a great lofty North Star. I, I just love that. Uh, Lori, look, thanks again for your time. This has been incredible conversation. I've learned a ton myself. Um, I'm so impressed with the work you're doing and what Ford uh, Motor Company is doing. And it's uh, it's been very enlightening. Thank you.
2: Well, Ron, thank you. It's It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: For more information about Lori, please connect with her on LinkedIn. For more information about the Scaling Culture podcast or our upcoming book or masterclass, Scaling Culture, go to ConnellyOwens.com. And if you're enjoying the Scaling Culture podcast, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest.